1: Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, this one is a a doozy. I think you're going to like this a lot. Um, It's definitely entertaining. Uh, Some good information out there about a dog owner who is struggling with all aspects of her relationship with her dog, with training, with... I mean, just, just listen to this one. Before we get into it, as you guys know, the No Bad Dog Club is... Insanely informative. And if you guys enjoy my YouTube videos a little bit or a lot, or it's been helping you, you're going to want to join the No Bad Dogs Club. The prices are going up next week. Get in there, click the link below. It is the all unreleased footage of my YouTube videos. And really quick, I just want to say we just hit 500,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is absolutely incredible it's amazing. It's insane. So lots of really cool stuff happening. I appreciate you guys very much. No Bad Dog Army. I've been saying this for years. It's a very special community. You listeners uh, mean a lot to me. You listeners are a representation of what giving dogs a second hope can be and giving owners the real information that they need to be successful and not predicating any of the information off of politics or ego. And so you guys are the best. I can't thank you enough for supporting me and everything that we've been doing, everything that we've done. Uh, As always, I'm going to be answering your dog training questions at the end of the podcast. So make sure you listen to the end. And if you want me to answer your dog training questions in specific, all you guys have to do is head over to the iTunes chart and leave your dog training review in there. Listen to the end. Also really quick before we get into it, shout out to the woman who is walking her dogs in New York today, not in New York City and upstate who met uh, my videographer it's cool because she was out and um, Abby, my videographer messaged me and she said, Hey, I was walking her dog uh, Grata today. And she said that she came across a, a lady with three very well behaved dogs. And the lady said, Hey, do you know, what Tom Davis is your training style and your dog's behaviors looks like you do or something like that. And, and obviously Abby travels the world with me and works with me every day. And so it was just really cool to hear and see how many people are, um, uh, I guess, watching and listening and moved by and, and learning. So anyway, shout out to you lady. (laughs) So I'm, I'm just going to recap really quick. He's 20, you said 24 months old. Is that what you said?
2: No, he's 15,
1: 15 months old. Uh Okay. So a little over a year. And he's a German shepherd and Mm -hmm. you're on a harness, you were on a prong, but it was unaffected due to handling error. Mm -hmm. So what are you struggling with right now? Like what are your biggest concerns? What's the biggest problem that you're dealing with on a regular basis?
2: Yeah, so now because I've been flipping back and forth, I know it's like too many cooks in the kitchen type of thing. Mm Um, I'm just, I feel like our relationship just not as good, or not as good as I want it to be. And training time is not as fun for him anymore. And he's not food motivated,
1: mm-hmm. so
2: it's a little bit hard for me to like, you know, luring him on things. He would rather just kind of like stay home. And sometimes he wouldn't go into the breezeway because you know he thinks we're gonna go on a walk even though we weren't stuff like that. Um,
1: so, so that the, right now that's the biggest problem is just he he's not. Having as much fun to to train, is that what you're yeah. saying? Okay. Yeah. So when you're training, what are you actually training him to do? What are the things that you're exactly doing with him that he? What's what are you doing with him?
2: Yeah. So I tried not to keep, you know, training him with the with the driveway because I feel like that's the whole thing you kind of focus on and then it gets kind of you know too much. I think. So. For just, like, mental engagement, I kind of try and do, like, you know, trick training, Mm -hmm. like, silly things, Um, you know, like, what do you call it? Moving backward and then, you know, like, little spins Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, what do you call it? Sit pretty or whatever, stuff like that. Nothing, like, very,
1: you know, functional. Yeah. So the reason why I was asking is a lot of times when dogs lose interest in training it's because of what you're actually getting them to do it's kind of like Mm -hmm. the attention span of us or kids Mm -hmm. they just Mm -hmm. don't care about it so when you're teaching a dog like trick stuff it doesn't there's no fulfillment there especially if Mm -hmm. they're not if they're not if they're not food motivated okay so that makes sense you're going out and you're like hey sit pretty and back up and do a (laughs) handstand and shake and paw and bark and spin and your dog's like nah i'm good so okay. I, would, I would just stop doing it because there's, there's no benefits to it. Because mm-hmm. when you're doing trick training, there's literally zero benefits to applying these tricks in reality mm-hmm. to your relationship other than confidence mm-hmm. building using food motivation or mm-hmm. tug motivation. And if your dog isn't motivated by foods and you're doing this and they're very disinterested, then I would just not do it. Just end it. Throw it away. Okay. Because what's the point? There's no point. Yeah, I figured
2: it was kind of like mental engagement if I can't really walk him too much. Um, so, yeah.
1: And it would be if he was motivated by the things that you were asking him to do. So you get a piece mm-hmm. of food out and you're like, hey, and he's like locked on. He's back and forth. His tail's wagging. He's jumping. He's, he's like, oh, 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 he's whining a little bit. Give me, 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 give me. And you teach him this, uh-huh. these cool tricks. That would uh-huh. That would do that but he doesn't care about that motivation therefore it's going to be very challenging it's just the ju- the juice isn't worth the squeeze
2: okay so what other ways can I like get him engage then?
1: so what I- what is your what is your particular definition of engagement
2: it's more like okay let me just tell you so i live alone and he's the only dog too so there's only two of us mhm and when we do get outside he loves going on uh what call, hikes and whatnot so i do take him on that mm-hmm. and but when he sees like other people other dogs or like when we go to the store anywhere basically other people he's so interested in them a lot more than he is with me so it's kind of like i want so his recall when there's like no you know when there's like a nobody on the trail he's like a hundred percent he's perfect mm-hmm. um but when there's like other distractions like Oh no, like you know, he kind of listens sometimes, sometimes he's kinda like, yeah, not sure, you yeah. know. So uh, that's where I'm at.
1: Engagement. So engagement is what yeah. is what? What is it?
2: It's kind of like he would be listening to me more, like paying more attention to me. Um you know, there were times I feel like maybe he's bored or he's unhappy. I don't know. Maybe okay. I'm thinking about this too much. Cause like they're like you know, we have a backyard, too. They're, like, you know, like, we have a backyard. You can play with him. And, yeah, we do that. And, you know, we go on hikes, too. Um, uh-huh. But I don't know. Is it because he just get? And I work from home, too. So maybe he... I don't know if he interacts with me too much. And maybe he needs to interact with other people. Or, you know, it's kind of like... This is my first job, too. So I'm not... He's... His, his, really really sweet so i'm not sure like you know maybe he needs some time away from me like i should bring him somewhere else that people you know
1: well i think that that would be that would be helpful but again you know what i try to do especially in these short times that we have each other on the phone Mm
2: -hmm. is try to
1: figure out the exact problems and so the let's okay so the engagement that you're talking about.
2: Yeah. You know, and I do want him to be more confident too. Sometimes, like I said, like on the streets, like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. So when there's like a bunch of cars, he just kind of like his brain kind of shuts down a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. So with, in, with, I'm going to just go back to the engagement. Cause I want to, okay. I want to focus on, I don't want to, overlook things you know like that's why I always Uh ask I always ask my people like my my clients especially online because I don't you're not you know we're not working with each other in person Mm -hmm. and so I'm always like what is your number one goal so the engage I want to focus on the engagement for a second because typically the number one thing is what comes to your mind first you're like this is what I'm having problems with and that's what I'm trying to do is try to peel back layers and diffuse the Mm -hmm. situation to say okay what is what are you actually and we will get there but it's going to take some time of what you actually are struggling with right now Mm -hmm. the engagement portion is what you're saying is you want him to so when you were saying like he listens good when there's nobody around but he doesn't when there's distractions that's not necessarily engagement that's just basic obedience and Uh, then if and that's what i'm trying to i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna serve you Yeah, I'm going to serve you best if I can figure out exactly the things you want to get better at. So as we define these things, things will get more clear for both of us. And Mm -hmm. right now, when you talk about engagement, you want him to, it sounds like, have more fun, look at you more, look at you to do more things and... That is something that you have to create and also understand that there are certain genetical boundaries that you may have too. Even Although he's a German Shepherd, which historically aren't lazy couch potato breeds, they're more active, engaging, Mm
2: -hmm. playful
1: dogs, but you got to remember too to, to just make sure that you're not asking unrealistic stuff. Kind of like what you're saying is like, maybe you're thinking about it too much or maybe you're Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, So,
2: so sorry, let me just cut you off there. So, okay. Maybe engagement is not the right word because he just wants to engage with me all the time, but (laughs) um, okay. No, no, you're right. It's not really engagement. It's more like obedience, I guess. Okay. When we're, because he, when we're at home, he's actually really, really perfect. He can be like healing for like, a long long time. I mean, like, what's the point of healing in the
1: house or like in the backyard? Yeah. So you're, you're more, you're, 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 you're starting to focus more on when you're transferring, um, your environments from basic obedience to then more advanced obedience. Is that where you're struggling with things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in particular, what behaviors are you having a hard time with in reality?
2: Yeah. So the leash pressure, um, Basically when we're outdoors, not in my backyard or front yard. So okay, front yard sometimes a little bit iffy. Front backyard is perfect. Inside any buildings is pretty good. So it's more like outdoor stuff.
1: Okay. Out outdoor stuff. So when you're outside and, Yeah. And what do you when you mean leash pressure, what do you what do you mean by that? Like is healing? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, not even necessarily healing, but kind of like going where I'm at, you know, not even, I mean, not pulling as much. Sometimes like he would get it, he would like look back on me and then he would kind of like, you know, when the leash kind of like tense a little bit and I kind of stop and then he kind of like, you know, have that moment of thing, okay. like thinking and kind of like back up a little bit. But it seems like it doesn't always register and like some days kind of like it tends to forget it, some days perfect i'm like what the hell is going on and you know and there were times that like he would actually heal so i kind of like you know slowly like doing the healing a little bit more um
1: right but the but yeah, the, and, the healing is different from what you're saying because remember you just right, said it's not yeah no i don't yeah, I don't
2: really need him to heal. Like, I just want him not to go as crazy as bonkers. And I just want to let you know, he is toy motivated, but when he's out there and get really anxious or like overstimulated with like his environment, he does not want to deal with any of that. He will take food, but he'd be like, okay, let me just, he just kind of learn like, okay, let me just take this and like, move back the, to the end of the leash. Cause I want to sniff this type of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So. When you're talking about leash pressure, have you taught him leash pressure before? Like, have you taught him how to Mm -hmm. yield to leash pressure? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what I would do is try to reformat that a little bit outside, but maybe Mm -hmm. starting inside and then transferring outside. And all you do is you teach him, uh, when you apply pressure with your prong collar, your flat collar, with your harness, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. When you Mm -hmm. apply pressure, he has Mm -hmm. to learn how to shut that off. And I would start by doing this inside and then transferring that outside.
2: Okay, inside is perfect, so I actually don't have to do it. Um, I have, you know, just to kind of like okay. slowly get him out there. But then, like, you just keep following, and then I'm like, okay, so I don't know if he's actually learning anything. <laughs> but once what do you mean? Out, what do you like, mean
1: he's what? Fo- what do you mean he's following you?
2: He's following like and the leash, so it's kind of like you know wherever I'm going, like with the leash, you would be like, okay, like he gets it right away. But once we we add an extra element he's like huh backyard is perfect too mm-hmm. like i said like property is great but once um if that this is why the trainer is like maybe just put him anti anxiety um we go in the front yard he shuts down he would like sometimes like now he's a little better i have to put him on like a long lead so i feel like sometimes he's scared maybe i overcorrected him when he was younger um I put him on a long lead so I can kind of play around with him. And sometimes like I grab the, you know, the lead and kind of like, all right, let's just play with, with the leash type of thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's more like his anxiety, I think, or like he's overloaded. So you think info.
1: the, you think his anxiety is the cause of the the leash pressure, like shutdown? Is that what you're, you're saying?
2: I think so.
1: Okay. Cause I'm, I'm, again, I'm just trying to de- decipher yeah. wh- what the objective is. And so when he's, when you're on the leash with him, where's the problem? Like when you say leash, like he understands leash pressure, but then he goes outside, wh- what happens? And the leash pressure is essentially him mm-hmm. understanding that when there's, yeah. when there's applied leash yep. pressure, he has mm-hmm. to yield to that leash pressure by either mm-hmm. moving back or moving into your direction. Right. So where, so where, where's the problem outside?
2: Yeah, so sometimes he doesn't do it and sometimes he does. So I'm a little bit confused.
1: Right. <laughs> so maybe so maybe okay. there's two things. Is maybe he doesn't really know how to turn it off. Uh, That's very likely. And okay. the other thing is is leash pressure is kind of that in between gray area of mm-hmm. you're not healing but uh-huh. I don't want you to drag me, which means if you yeah. Put pressure on the leash, or you're at the end of it, and there's top pressure there. I want you to, mm-hmm. I want you to kind of pull back a little bit, like a horse. I want you to just come back mm-hmm. a little bit. Right. So if you feel like you're outside and there's too much distraction in that environment or at that time, then you mm-hmm. should be using your, you should be using heel instead of giving, because basically he's on his break because you're not cueing mm-hmm. anything with your voice. Right. So if he's yeah. on his break, technically. You know He can do kind of what he wants within reason, and that's where the yielding to leash pressure comes in, is once there's really tight pressure on that leash, he needs to know that that's a little too much, but mm-hmm. he probably doesn't understand what it is good enough to do it outside, and you probably mm-hmm. should I know you said that he's he knows it inside, so you don't have to do it, but I would suggest trying to find some middle ground there to help okay. and and or scrap that and just and just ask him to heal when he gets too stimulated in those environments to keep him a little bit closer.
2: Okay. Okay. So I'll do a little bit more healing then. So because he's actually start walking in the is an question. Now that he actually starts walking in our neighborhood,
1: mm-hmm. our
2: one street over. I'm kind of afraid, I'm like, okay, should he be, like, getting used to the environment of sniff around? If I tell him to, like, heal and he doesn't do it, should I correct it? Like, he doesn't need to be, like, perfect right next to me, kind of, like, you know, competition style and whatnot. But, like, I want him to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. Because when he's comfortable, when he's at home, he would be, like, healing. He's just, like, looking at me, like, dead in the eye, like, you know, until I tell him to, like, break. So, I know he's capable of doing it.
1: -hmm So do do you have a break command?
2: Basically, break.
1: Yeah. Okay. So when you're out with him and you're healing, to answer your question, when do you let him be a dog and sniff and be disengaged? That's where your break command comes in.
2: Okay. So when he when I don't, I mean, when I tell him to heal and he he's like too far, I correct him.
1: Correct. Then. But you you okay. have to make sure that that's consistent because mm-hmm. it, it it sounds like you don't. I I I don't know for sure what your heel looks like or what your expectations are, but you have to make sure that you have really clear expectations of what heel is. And typically, heel for most people is the dog at your heels on a loose leash. Maybe they're Mm -hmm. depending on the size of the dog. You get a big the the bigger the dog, the harder it is to keep them exactly right at your heels or even behind you. However, Mm -hmm. again, like you have to have some sort of expectation, and it kind of sounds like you don't have a very clear expectation yourself of where you yeah. want him. So that's what you'll have to define define a little when bit more. When
2: we're outside, it's harder because he would go in front of me when we're like in a more controlled area or when he's more comfortable with his, or if he's less interested in his environment. Like ideally, I, I would like hold the ball, like, you know, right to my elbow or like um to my shoulder and then he basically i look at him and then he'd be looking at me be like right to my left Mm -hmm. um like this morning he wouldn't do it yesterday somehow he did it for like i don't know a few minutes um okay so basically just keep see i don't want to overcorrect him and then now that he's actually out there kind of walking right and then
1: what do you mean by over overcorrect him? I don't. I'm not over, following up. Cor- okay,
2: because he's kind of iffy about being outdoors, right? Like in uh-huh. like paved areas. Um, so I wanted to be comfortable with the area. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> at the same time, and so yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should just not say heel then, um, because it's not 100 percent when he's outside.
1: So the overcorrecting, where, where is that coming in?
2: Yeah, before when he was on prong, I feel like he was overcorrected. Maybe I, I think I might have pushed him too fast, too quickly.
1: But it also could be, also could be that his obedience wasn't good enough for you to put him into those environments, which was okay. making it unfair for him. Okay. And if you're going out with a toy lure or a toy mm-hmm. external, like hey, pay attention to this. And that's mm-hmm. what you're, that's what you're predicating your heel off of. That's what you depend on for your heel. There is going to be something out there that's going to take away that, that attention. And, but, but that's what I'm saying is it doesn't sound like his, I know you said it's great inside, but it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like you're at a point where you should be asking him to heal for two. How how long are you trying to get him to heal right now when you're out? Um,
2: Not much actually, because I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want him to steer too far from, you know, where I want him to be. So right now I just want to get more comfortable with the, um, we just start walking on the neighborhood again. Um,
1: so like how, how long possibly. do you think like, yeah. Like, seconds. Probably
2: go- like, okay. i probably like 10 seconds or like, but if he's like super engaged, if I can see like he's super focused, I take it a little bit further, mm-hmm. uh, maybe like thirty seconds. You mm-hmm. know, not too mm-hmm. much. Not
1: too much. Yeah, it's not too bad. I would just again, I would I would really be focusing on when you're when you're out and you're healing him to start kind of ch- transferring out that that ball, um, mm-hmm. because again, that's what you're hinging your whole heel off of. So if he's mm-hmm. so that's what I'm saying it is it's it would be hard to tell
2: Hmm.
1: judging by what you've told me if the dog actually knows heel well or he's just looking at the ball right (laughs) so if you go outside and you say heal because because if if he's just looking at the ball which it sounds like Mm -hmm. he is you're like hey you're obsessed with this it's on my shoulder he's looking at you you're moving forward you're like oh he's healing but mm-hmm. really yeah. if you were to put that at yeah, your ball. foot and moved it around, you'd be like, oh, he's watching my feet. It's like, no, he's not. He's watching your ball, right? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. if you were to put it on your arm and hold it out, you're like, look, I taught him how to look at my hand. It's like, no, he's looking at the ball. So, mm-hmm. that, But that's what I'm saying is is it's kind of this false hope of mm-hmm. he really doesn't know heel, and that's why you could have been overcorrecting him because his understanding of what you were asking him didn't really line up. And so yeah. the other thing is, which is why I think that this is more true than not, is because if, again, if you are predicating and hinging your entire success over that external motivator of the ball, what's going to end up happening is, is if that's a $5 bill, as soon as there's a $10 bill in the area, boom, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And then you're correcting him and he's confused and you're correcting him and he's confused. And that's where he may shut down and lay down. Cause he's like, I don't understand. I, I, I don't know what you're mm-hmm. asking. And this happens all the time where the dog actually doesn't know the behavior. The owners are frustrated in asking the dog to do it in unrealistic environments. And it's completely predicated and dependent on either food or a ball. So, once, so that's motivation. So, once those motivations are overridden by natural environmental stimulation squirrels, chipmunks, birds, dogs the dog completely disengages and then we get frustrated and we're nailing the dog and then the dog is getting stressed or more reactive. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of, it it comes into this whole thing. So I would really make sure, and I don't know, and you're really not going to know, but I would try to really focus on making sure that the dog like if you, if you put the ball away and -hmm. you said his name and you asked him to heal, see, you got to have to watch his behavior to see what he does and see how similar it is to when the ball's out. If it's not the same, then essentially what could be happening is he doesn't know the heal at all. You're going outside and asking him to heal. He pulls in front of you when he sees certain environments, which makes sense when he sees certain distractions, and then you're mm-hmm. overcorrecting him. And he thinks he's just getting corrected for being outside. So that's why he doesn't want to go outside. That's why he doesn't mm-hmm. want to go towards this way. That's why he doesn't want to mm-hmm. go do X, Y, and Z is because mm-hmm. it's very stressful for him. Cause he's like, I don't understand damned if you do damned, if you don't. And that's where you can start yeah. shutting dogs down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a lot of yeah. troubleshooting to make sure. You know what I mean? Because I know what you're saying. You're like, oh. Well. No, no,
2: I, I get it, yeah. yeah. That's why I'm like kind of afraid to like put him on the prong again because I kind of have a hard sense of correcting to begin with. And then at one point, he... Well, you know, he would like shut down, like, sure. He definitely pulls less. And then he would, co- he knows how to shut down the pressure and whatnot, but at one point he, I think he was so frustrated that he just kind of ignores it. So I, I don't, you know, because yeah. I'm like, like, I'm not good with handling him with that anyway. So I'm like, yeah, let's.
1: <laughs> right. But also think about how frustrated he is when he also doesn't know what you're asking him to do either. Yeah. So you yeah. get, you get maybe not knowing really how to yield to leash pressure that well and maybe not fully understanding what you're asking in an unrealistic environment. So you're, 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 you're really kind of walking on a thin line, tight rope there with like possibly being successful, but you don't really have your card set up to be successful.
2: Mm-hmm. I tried one of your videos where you just kind of go, you know, the other way, like opposite one, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And what he end up doing is just, kind of thought that like (laughs) this is what's funny because he thought that what he wanted me to do is just he would go in circle like he would literally until today i i stopped doing that um basically he would orbit me instead of like just kind of release the pressure and he, he would like go to my right and then uh circle me and then go to my left and then pull again Mm-hmm. what he's like overly stimulated. That's what he would do is like, Oh, mom wants, you know, mom wants me to
1: circle. I'm like, no,
2: I don't want you to circle me. Mm-hmm. I
1: just want you to like, not cool. <laughs> what, what side do you walk him on? On the left. Okay. So when you're doing that exercise, you have to do it in a, in an environment that he is not distracted in either. So he knows, cause the goal, okay. the goal of that exercise is to essentially when you come out you turn and you say hey i'm doing this instead i want you to pay attention to me i want you to engage with Mm me but if your timing Mm -hmm. is wrong and you just said like you're you're allowing him to do all the things that you shouldn't be allowing him to do he's going to the left he's going to the right he's circling you so it's just all a a handler error problem
2: Mm.
1: because he shouldn't be switching sides because That's like defeats the purpose of, I want you to pay attention. I want you to stay engaged. I want you to stay focused. I want you to, I want you to pay attention to what you should or shouldn't be doing.
2: Oh, what I meant when he's circling me, is like, uh, you know, when you, when he's like, um, what do you call it? Kind of pull a little little bit and then kind of like correct him or like get him to like notice the pressure. Mm -hmm. I kind of go move the other way. And then we kind of walk a little bit and then kind of move back the other way. And like, you know, until it's like loose mm-hmm. until the leash kind of loose. And yeah, that's what he thought. It would just kind of go in a circle. So
1: yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But that's what I'm saying is, is if he's going in a circle, he's going left to right, which he's not, he can't, he can't do. He's got to stay on the left. And it also, you also have to make, are you, what are you saying when you're turning?
2: When I'm turning, okay, let's just say we walk, and then he would be, you know, he would always be on the left side because that's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. away from the road. Mm-hmm. And if he, like, pushed, I mean, uh, pull too much, that's when we kind of reset. And then I kind of, like, do a little tug, and then, like, kind of, you know, pull him. well, not pull him, but, you know, a little tug. And then we kind of, I move the opposite direction, like, yeah. you know, the other way. But I... But he would be on, still be on my left, and then we walk a little bit. So he would, his body would be like closer to the road, and then once he kind of pull a bit more, I turn away again or turn around again, so we would go up from the original direction. So you know what I mean? <laughs> Does that make sense?
1: Not really. It, but what I'm, what are you when you turn? What are you asking him to do? Um, like I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to do a calibration and a tune up. But when you yeah when yeah you tu-
2: that's it.
1: When you turn, what are you saying?
2: Um.
1: Because it sounds like you're just pulling him to the other direction, and then he's just going to the other side, and he's pulling you the other way.
2: Yeah. I, before I would tell him to walk.
1: What is what is your walk command? Um. Just thing. It's not
2: really a command because I don't have a walk command. Okay. Well, I was gonna teach him to like walk. It's gonna like lose, lose. I'm just gonna like walk or whatever.
1: Okay. Because it's not really healing, because
2: you
1: know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is you gotta you gotta really decipher those things, and that's why all this confusion is happening. That's probably why he's shutting down. Is because you're throwing too much stuff at him, and he doesn't really understand it. And so, mm-hmm. and the other thing is, is when when you're you don't really want to tug on him because that defeats the purpose of the the actual. In the engaging di- directional change, because mm-hmm. if you're tugging him, you're basically pulling him. Let's go this way, let's go this way, and that's that's not what you want to do when you're doing the calibration. Yeah. You want to mm-hmm. when you're going forward, and he starts to forge forward. What you're doing is you're you, what you want to do is you want to say, hey, you're you're going too far. You don't know heel enough to actually slide back into position. So mm-hmm. what I do is I turn, and, I, and this has been very successful for a lot of people, is you t- you say heel and, and you turn the other direction and you're trying to pop him if he continues to walk with with one direction and you're going the other way. So you basically split down the middle. One goes one way, one goes the other. So what you're doing is you come out and you say his name and you say heel and if he continues to walk without you, you give him that pop. And what ends up happening, he goes, whoa. And then he turns and he starts walking with you. And then you turn and you say, heal again. You're, you're telling him, hey, I'm, I'm turning, pay attention. And if he doesn't, you pop. It's I, I don't remember a dog out of all the years that I've been training that has needed a third correction. Because what ends up happening is, is you turn again, you say, heal, boom, they're right there. Boom, they're right there. And they get it. They're like, aha, I need to stay with you. And that's how you start creating that engagement. But, what, but it, That's
2: what I did. Okay, explain it better. That's what I did.
1: Okay. basically
2: or trying to do
1: right you tried to do it because because you said that you were like pulling him and then he would go the other way and then he'd pull you that way and he ended up on your right side is what you told me so it's i think it's just no a- not
2: not on my right side still on my left but now even though i didn't ask him to you know do the i okay you call it calibration i call it kind of like a reset mm-hmm. um kind of like going back to where we were you know Mm -hmm. um so he would be on my left entire time but nowadays even though i don't we don't we're not doing the reset he would still so yeah i guess he would be on my right a little bit for a little bit just kind of circle me because he thought we were doing the circle or the reset or calibration right
1: that's what i was that's what i was saying is he's on your right and he's on your left and he's switching sides it's impossible for him to not go on your right side if he's going into a circle and that's that's what i was saying yeah
2: Okay, so yeah. yeah so that's 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 all a handling
1: heel. that's all a handling thing like your goal is to turn and to get his attention snap, but you're pulling him and you're allowing him to like orbit you
2: mm-hmm.
1: to some degree and that's not what you that's not the goal of that
2: okay so if he tries to orbit me what just pull him back use your leash to-
1: yeah don't let him like or he should me, okay. yeah right exactly he, i mean if he if he's okay. on your left side and he goes oh i'm mm-hmm. going to i'm going to wrap around you 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 catch him because then you then he just spins you around in a circle and he goes zoop, like this. And he basically just kind of makes a fool out of you. He's just, zoop, I'm going to spin you around quick. And then you just spin. That's not, because that, it, it comes down. And the reason why we handle on one particular side rather than the other, and it doesn't necessarily matter. To, I always handle on the left. But if you want to handle on the right, that's fine. But the goal is is to say, this is where you need to be. And because mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying is he's like, yeah, okay, spin around, spin around like a circus. And, that, and that's where you're going to lose that handling control mm-hmm. with them and that's okay. you know that's okay. likely what's going on okay
2: all right i'll correct him with
1: that orbiter. i would just yeah i would just use your leash pressure to stop him from going around and teach him what you want but also have a just dis- have a distinguishing cue for it don't just say mm-hmm. like a random thing that he doesn't know mm-hmm. you know
2: mm-hmm. okay well he does know heal
1: but uh, you were saying you were saying walk and he doesn't know that you said. Yeah,
2: well, before I didn't. I'm like, this is not working, and he start hating the word. Like, do you want to go to? I was like, oh fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I know. Like, at home, um, you know, or like in the areas that I know, he knows, and you know, it's not always the ball and.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you can you can say heal. Um that's fine. And that's kind of the goal is you turn and you say his mm-hmm. name and you say heal. And your goal is mm-hmm. just to teach him what you want him to do. Like Okay. I, yeah, I just did a video on that on my channel where I turn it, even at, though it's
2: not perfect. To heal like outside, or at least he kind of got This is what I'm telling you to do, type of thing.
1: Yeah, and you, you, but yes, but the that in in that particular calibration that we're talking about, that is like you said, to reset him to get him to get uh-huh. to calibrate him to you. You say, hey, yeah. you gotta pay attention to me. This is what we're mm-hmm. doing, and then you can mm-hmm. move forward and heal him. But again, like mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like you have very set standards of what the heal command is.
2: Yeah. It's kind of hard when we're outside. That's the standard one. Kind of like, it's kind of hard to set the standard when he can't even like walk on a leash. So yeah,
1: yeah but that, I, that's, that's why I'm
2: afraid to like ask him to heal. Cause I'm like, if I can't really like, I have a hard time, you know, just leash walking. Like, right. Have, but
1: that's you know. what I'm saying is, is obedience isn't good enough to get to that mm-hmm. point. Cause mm-hmm. that's what's, that's the equation here is he can't walk yet on a leash, but I'm asking him to heal outside. And that's a mm-hmm. failing so that's a failing problem right there. You know, that's like never going to work. Mm-hmm. So you have to really work. You have to kind of go back down to the basics and teach him those fundamentals where he really understands them realistically so you can move forward. And then as you move forward, then you're able to do better at your healing. But right now it just sounds like you're throwing a lot at him and you're switching a lot of gears to try to figure out what, what works, which is good. But you, you have to stay consistent because then this becomes a handling problem. When your trainers right. work with him, do they do – does he handle better with them or does he handle worse with them?
2: Um, with the last one, well, he wouldn't really want to go with her, but the one before um, – well, a lot of times I handle him, but since I got frustrated lately, I had like the trainers actually like do the private just with him. Mm-hmm. Um, But they do a little bit more like the positive, or like come on, and, you know, like the cheery voice. I have a hard time doing that. Um, sometimes he would do it, sometimes he not, and then they would just kind of like play, like the eye stare, you know, stare at each other. So sometimes he would do better with me sometimes he would do better with them um, okay well yeah but when with the engagement with the toy I definitely win that part
1: okay got it I was just curious I would um like I said i I would just it sa- it sounds to me that like your handling needs to improve in order to handle these situations outside
2: mm-hmm. to get better yeah yeah it's uh when it comes to the harness though like when it goes to the front yard and he gets anxious he i literally have to pull my dog out
1: Mm-hmm. so, so walk me. Walk, <laughs> and he would
2: just shut down it yeah. would like just kind of be like you know like laying down it's like he doesn't want to go
1: okay walk me through that a little bit so when you're you're getting ready to bring him for a walk he mm-hmm. is just hanging around the house. you grab the harness, you grab the leash and or is he already on the harness or do you have to put it on him How does that work?
2: yeah, so normally i would put on him like inside and then mm-hmm. you know put the clip uh what it called the leash and I open the door um and then like I would tell him to s i t he's here s i t and then he would do it and I open the door and I'd mm-hmm. tell him to you know determination the and then he would be like he would give me that look like i don't really want to go so just keep fit <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm like and i'll tell him like you know okay come on let's do it and then a lot of times he wouldn't and i would just kind of like pull him up and it's like he just kind of keep pushing like you know plant it and it's like i'm not going to the breeze way and sometimes he's kind of like, all right fine we'll just kind of wait here and then you know i just kind of do my phone, phonics you know he'd be like in the breeze I'm like oh okay there you go so it's kind of like a lot of you know staring
0: mm-hmm. or
2: just, so that's kind of frustrating and sometimes like he knows what the backyard is so if he even though he's on a leash and whatnot if I tell him like you want to go back there he's like oh hell yeah and like you know I'd be like when I tell him you know the what do you call it the termination he'd be like yep he, he would do it happily you know um but when it goes to the front it's like mm, i think i would just stay inside do you
1: <laughs> is there a reason do you feel like there's a reason
2: for being out there no no no, no just like
1: front. yeah just like when when you say he's like fine going outside or whatever like is there a reason why he doesn't want to go outside like in the front do you feel like there's like he's just
2: yeah because he thinks we're going to walk and Like I said, I think he's kind of iffy about moving cars. So this Mm -hmm. is what's weird. Once he moves, like if I do get him to walk off the property and like a few houses away, he's like, oh, I'm enjoying this. And so I'm like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. You know? And like after a little bit, he's just not cool as much. He's really good most of the time. But like there were times like this space is like between the end of my driveway and then the first house. Like, holy shit. It's like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna get in with those areas
1: so it's kind of like as soon as he gets over that threshold of your house or your property he's like okay fine yeah okay that's common i've i've, I've had that oh, really? yeah i've had that um excuse me i've had that happen to me like in the facility when i'm working with a dog that mm-hmm. maybe just doesn't understand the the objective like if it's a new dog i'm working with they're like oh, i don't want to do this i don't really know you or i've had certain breeds like mastiffs or really bre. Protective breeds just not want to leave the house because the kids are there or whatever, uh, or or sometimes dogs are just like I said. This is kind of going against the German Shepherd genetic um, background of like being very overly stimulated about going to do anything. But sometimes dogs are just lazy, where they're like, I don't, want, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go work, I don't want to go think, I don't want to go, uh, and and it could be a mixture of uh, also the dog being insecure about the car so then it's like yeah these are kind of scary it's kind of a scary environment you know right. so it, it could be a mixture of 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 all those things kind of put together but what i would do and here's what's been very successful with me is uh, do you have a martingale collar just a regular like flat collar type thing yeah okay what i would do is do you have a long line like a long leash oh yeah i do Okay, here's what has been, this has never failed me, knock on wood. What I do is when he, when I get a dog that kind of what I call plants their feet, they're like, nope, make me, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yep. I get the long line, I get the martingale. The harness doesn't work just because it kind of flops over their head when they put their, when they stand on their ground. Um, there's two things. You, you go to the end of the, um, you go to the end of that long line, like 15 to 20 foot, and you kind of just pop and you turn around and you start walking. I've never had a dog plant their feet after that. They've always just a little bit of pressure and then they come running and then you just switch to your regular leash and you go about your training over time. That will kind of oil up that very sticky situation. If you will, if it's like, if he's stuck Mm -hmm. there kind of oils that up Mm -hmm. to where they just don't do that anymore. And they look forward to just going out and they know that they can't get away with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing is what a lot of people do, which can fail you is they sit there and talk. to. So don't talk to the dog. And okay. I mean, you can encourage him, but don't sit mm-hmm. there and say, come on, buddy, we're going to go for a walk. It's going to be fun. Yeah,
2: That's exhausting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it is. So what I would do is just, you put that leash on his flat collar mm-hmm. or his martingale mm-hmm. rather. And then you just, mm-hmm. you just let the long line out and you walk to the end. You can kind of give mm-hmm. him some pressure. You turn your back and then a couple of, a couple pieces of pressure and then boom, that that it usually moves that way. Um, you can turn, I mean, this is discretionary. It, it all is with dogs. You can turn around and encourage him, come on, buddy, and give him a little bit of pressure and he'll jump. And, and typically, like I said, they kind of go, no, no. And then boom, they, they move forward. Now, why they don't want to go out and do that stuff is is sometimes a mystery and it doesn't really make any sense. But like you said, as soon as he gets past like the the... The property line, he's fine. Then mm-hmm. so be it. Okay, fine. I have to work on this for a little bit and kind of oil up that mm-hmm. scenario. But that's mm-hmm. what I would do, and I and I would, I would think that over time, if you do that enough, he's just gonna walk with you freely. But right now, if he. St- sticks there and you're on a shorter leash and you're turning around you're like come on buddy and you're looking at him because it it, what ends up happening is is it it becomes this kind of babyish type behavior bratty behavior where he's like no i'm not going and then you turn around and you're like come on let's go and then he's like no i'm not going and you so to be honest this to me and like the dogs that i work with in these scenarios it's not an option like we're going this is what we're doing you know, unless the dog has some sort of very traumatic behavioral problems that um, you know is 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 a, a good reason I guess you know but it sounds to me like he's just being bratty he's in that age okay. of like man nah, I don't really want to do this see
2: I think that too because a lot of times a lot of times like he's over dramatic
1: yeah definitely.
2: About a lot of things like when the first time I cleaned his ears, like she, you're going to kill me and then yeah. I'm like we're done I'm like huh what yeah we're done <laughs> that's right. it you know and then those trainers are like oh he's so sensitive and he's so anxious you mm-hmm. gotta be slower and I'm like he they made me no it's not murdering my dog but you know it made me feel like I'm torturing my dog for like he's okay like you know here's just need to. this is unreasonable like one of the things that I think might have kind of made him scared of the end of the driveway is that when he was a baby, like probably when he was 10 weeks old, he flipped over his own, um, leash over there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's it. Um, but you know, this before I attempted to like walk him in our neighborhood, but like he tripped over it and he flipped, you know, flipped over basically over there. It shouldn't hurt too bad. It didn't seem like it, but who knows? Um,
1: Oh, yeah. yeah I would so, ju- I would just loosen up those those tight spots essentially just okay, come on let's okay. go and and I and I think there is like this middle ground right of empathy and understanding and mm-hmm. patience and all that stuff right. for sure but again like oftentimes if a dog can get away with something and they don't want to do they mm-hmm. will like kids doing their homework right and that's essentially mm-hmm. what you're yeah it's essentially what you're asking him to do is
2: yeah.
1: he wants to just lay in the backyard all day and not do much maybe and you're like come on let's go work and do your homework and he's like no i'd rather not especially if he has some anxiety issues with da- or um mm-hmm. um it kind of it makes sense right so he he potentially has mm-hmm. this anxiety issue with cars you may be confusing him on what you wanted to do so on and mm-hmm. so forth and it becomes this this whole thing so anyway that that's my recommendation to kind of grease that up a little bit and get that more mobile and flex mm-hmm. those out a little bit to get better is to get a long line get a martingale turn your back, walk mm-hmm. away. Come on, bud. Pop, 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 boom. And that's usually how you loosen up that that mm-hmm. whole thing. And then what I do is once you get that, because say you want to work on specifically that, what I would do is I would go back onto the property. Like literally just, it's kind of like breaking that seal. Like you just break mm-hmm. through and you're like, oh, Yay. And then what you would do is literally go back to your yard and then go back mm-hmm. out. Because what ends up happening is, is yeah, it was successful and it's good. But if you're only walking him, let's say twice a day, which would be a lot for most dog owners, to be honest, um, you're only getting to work on it twice a day. You're not, you're, you're not really going to progress as much. Mm-hmm. So go back to the problem. You, you walk mm-hmm. out, you go 20 feet, you let him sniff and pee. He's on his long line. And then you go back to the house. And then he gets on the front porch and then you do it again. And you just, again, you, you grease this kind of really stiff area in your relationship and you get it better and you flex it and it just kind of gets into a groove.
2: Okay. Um, uh, I know you have only about five minutes left. One more thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I just got my backyard pre-done. So I actually had to park in, um, oh, what do you call it, on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm where you know it would be like his hump normally but like the past few days he actually because he you know, if we go on a hike he needs to go to my car right so he actually been walking to my car but goes straight to my car should i just keep parking i kind can't of like getting he, him used to it but then like would he just associate that my car is there
1: yeah I, I i yes i would just keep i wouldn't really worry about those things to be honest i would just be like, hey, this is what we're doing. Like you know, this is your you know, like don't don't like dwell on these little I know it may seem like a little or big deal to him, um, a big deal to him, and I understand that, but honestly, like dogs really need to to get over you know, to get over some of these things. Um, Mm. you know, like it's just I, I wouldn't I wouldn't look into it too much. I would really just move forward and just say like, Hey, yep, it's my car. It does, or Hey, this isn't your car, but we're getting it anyway. Like I wouldn't trip up over these little things, you know, like if you give it, that's what it kind of sounds like. Cause I would, I would say the opposite of what your other trainer said, judging by w- what you've told me over the phone, that it almost seems like you're tripping up over really like basic stuff that you shouldn't really be tripping up over this much like you said in the beginning is you kind of like overthink it maybe Mm -hmm. and and it Mm -hmm. may be true it's like oh my car is parked here and my dog is used to getting into the car in this area and now i'm over here and he doesn't really know what to do i mean that is not like that's something that just as a professional who's been working with dogs and understands them i wouldn't that wouldn't even
2: oh no he actually would walk off the driveway because my car is off the driveway
1: yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'm just, that's what I was saying. It's like, oh,
2: okay.
1: it doesn't matter if your car is parked on Mars. This is where we're going. Like it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like you shouldn't be tripped up over your dog or you shouldn't be tripped up over these things. But your dog, just like with children, will reflect what their parents, or in this case their owners, allow them and or tell them what they can and can't do. And they will act that way. So if you make it a big deal in your own head, it's going to be a big deal for your dog okay does that make sense
2: yeah yeah I've just yeah <laughs> I'm just so afraid that like it would ruin our relationship I think it now
1: what what would ruin your relationship
2: I don't know going like, to Mars <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no relationship whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) I just just don't know how to deal with sensitivity. Like, before he was just so bonkers, you know, when he was younger. Like, I had to deal with bonkers. I had to deal with, like, a bunch of nippiness and he's being crazy. And now I'm like, all of a sudden he's just become, oh, I don't know what to do. I just can't walk. You know is going on before he was like crazy like think about german Shepherd like you know like crazy lens sharp thing and jumping all over but now i'm like what is going on is it because of me is it like what you know so anyway
1: yeah no i get it i totally get it and 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 there's there there's nothing wrong with feeling that way at all i think that those are all normal things to be like oh but one thing i will say is you have to also understand that he is not a puppy anymore so all the things that he's doing now uh, he's over a year he's not a puppy anymore he's an adult dog Mm -hmm. so he's not going to be this little nippy playful like it would be weird if puppies just weren't puppies right I mean it'd be weird if they just sat there and did nothing all day and slept and didn't want to do anything I mean (laughs) puppies are obnoxiously crazy like right now I'm looking my I live on a cul-de-sac and all my neighbors have kids and it's insane what the energy these kids have it's it's incredible (laughs) you know and and the adults Mm. are just kind of supervising standing there and it's like it's just it's (laughs) incredible so my point is is puppies are puppies for a reason. So because your dog is now an adult and isn't running around and acting crazy and being that energetic little toddler, I'm watching these kids be. It's it's that's mm-hmm. normal. Like that just means that your dog is now becoming who they are as an adult, and they're picking and choosing, you know, how they're going to live mm-hmm. their life, and it's your job to not like. That's what I mean is bringing your dog out for a walk again, except for traumatic experiences shouldn't be a question. This is what we're doing. This is how we should enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But there's something that's going on. That's a, that's made your dog feel like they can just say, no, I'm not doing it. And it could be mm-hmm. because of the things that you're, again, that you're talking about is like, you're, you're worrying too much about all this stuff. So if, if he puts mm-hmm. pressure, if you're walking forward and he puts pressure on the leash and then you turn back and have a conversation with him about it, that's why he's not coming with you.
2: Okay. Okay. No more
1: conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's
2: actually better for me. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh-oh. All right. Well, it was nice to meet you. All right. good. Thanks. Yeah, th- nice. Thanks for being patient on the rescheduling. The me, square was messed up this morning, so I didn't have anything. That's why when you, that's why when you messaged me, I was like, "Oh, this person must have a wrong day." And then I called my <laughs> manager. I'm like, "What's going on with this message?" She's like, "Oh, yeah, square was messed up." And then I looked, and it was in. So thank you for being patient. Thank you. Yeah,
2: of course. Understandable. Okay. Have a good <laughs> day. Thank you for being with me. You
1: too. You're welcome. Bye bye. Okay. Well, well, well. That was a doozy. Eh? Anyway, we're at the end of the podcast. I'm going to be answering three of your dog training questions. This is a five-star review coming from a love indie. Uh, so let's see. The podcast has been so helpful in understanding how to try and develop good relationship with our dog, but also stand firm in our boundaries. We have a 17 month old black lab and was neutered at seven months. He is a high drive and very smart hunting dog. We got him as a family pet, and we have eight. We have kids eight to twelve around five months he started resource guarding his food and water we have tried several different things and trainers we have it managed most of the time air quotes manage definitely still guarding tendencies though only my husband or I can feed him we require to put him into a sit in a place then we place small amounts of food on the floor and he gives eye contact until we release him home to eat I think him spelling check anyway if he growls and holds... If he growls, we hold eye contact until he stops. We generally move our kids from the area or they have to sit quietly on the couch and not move around as it seems to make him even more expressive in his guarding. Occasionally, he'll do a quick growl with a chew toy, but nothing like food. He also is growling at us if we approach him while he's sleeping anywhere other than his crate. We love him and we definitely has a handful, but I feel like my husband and I are both on at times watching his behavior. And I think we got a Roddy in a lab's body, anything you can do. First thing is, this is one of those things that obviously just me, this is like me responding to a comment, you know, it's, it's difficult to give you the right information, especially when you're dealing with kids and resource guarding. This is something that you're going to have to find a trainer for. I mean, period. That's the first thing. And I, and I know that you've already tried a trainer, but I would try to, if it makes sense, I would listen to what your trainers are saying to manage it. Because the thing is, is if things don't go well or they don't go good um, your child's um, safety is at risk and obviously there's nothing more important than that and of course your dog's um, livelihood of staying in your house so you know as you know I'm really big on eliminating complete potential problems so if I have a do- so in my opinion I would it's great that you have it managed. There's probably some things that you can do as far as resource guarding. Um, And we're going to talk about that um, in a different podcast specifically for resource guarding um, with force Mickey uh, later this week or next week, maybe anyway. um, But the thing is, is you, you have to start having like a reward system with your dog. But the reality is, is some dogs are never going like, like you said, we have it managed. Sometimes that's all you can do. Teaching a fish not to swim, right? You have a dog that has resource guarding issues and that may never go away or may never change. And you're taking an eight to twelve year old child and asking them to do the training potentially associated with making this successful and it's just not worth it. So in my opinion, it would be my dog is in the crate and eating and the kids aren't in there. Like when I, I'm 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 having a child this July And my child isn't going to be around Lakota when she's eating or chewing on something. Not because I don't trust Lakota, but it's not a good situation to put a little child that has no idea what a dog is doing is it's not a good idea. So I would continue to work with your trainers and try to eliminate completely. See, even if I had like protocols for resource guarding, I'd have to be there. That's the thing is I can like you've already gotten a trainer in there and showed you what to do. And the only thing I can do is give you like advice. But with resource guarding and if it doesn't work, somebody's getting bit, more specifically a kid is getting bit, it's like irresponsible for me to even give you try this, try that, because if it fails, somebody's getting bit and that's not a good thing. So if you want to sign up for the for to work with me on it, we can go over a little bit more context. You can click the link in the description below. Um, And I'm sorry that I couldn't give you like this life changing information, but it's just too irresponsible for me to give you like a roadmap other than just, hey, if you can feed your dog in the other room in the crate and it's 100% successful, do it. All right, you guys, next question. Tom is the best. Thank you so much. K L H V. 563 thank you so much for this for this episode so much valuable uh, content in this i wanted to say that i have a two i have two intact males in my house so she's referring to the fixing your dog episode that we did with dr rihanna rice i wanted to say that i have two intact males in my house a 20-month-old german shepherd and a 16-month-old rottweiler oh boy i wonder where this is going both very powerful high drive working line dogs. Oh boy. I wonder where this is going. I also have an older female pit bull that's spayed, but I have never had a problem with aggression between them. And although I am very careful, they are trained and exercise properly and do not have access to toys or treats inside the house. Anyways, that's my experience with intact males, but I really appreciate the content and always enjoy listening. That is awesome to hear. See, when we did the podcast with Dr. Rihanna Rice on fixing your dogs and some of the actual hormonal changes in the dogs and what actually happens to them physically, these are one of the things that I was talking about as I was like, you know what, like, I have, I know dogs who can live intact and get along. It's, it's just very rare. This is somebody with a German Shepherd and a Rottweiler that are both intact, 16 and 20 months old that get along. So that's great to hear. just better information for us to uh, continue to to get good. Uh, Great dog behavioral information, information, Jessica Fitness. I have found that a lot of information has been timely for my dog family. We have a four, we have four dogs, a six and a half year old Female Beagle, Roddy Rescue, we are her third home. Two-month-old Mastiff and Corso mix and one one male, three-month-old Mastiff-Corso mix from the same dad and one of the same moms my spouse doesn't like to follow what our trainer has taught us he wants to make up his own verbiage i find the i find that to be confusing for myself and probably the dog our trainer uses commands and terms i've always used with dogs and i've had pre-relationships over 24 years ago my spouse has never had dogs at all in his life and they're never and they've (laughs) never been trained um oh i'm sorry my spouse has had dogs and they've never been trained when we met there when we met he had a very large male Akita that had zero control with unless he got physical with the dog that should have been a red flag however i decided to marry him and when we've had dogs together we would always fall into this pattern we went for a oh lost my place we went for a very long walk very long time i'm sorry without dogs because of the kids in our life anyway he seems to be back on pattern of not wanting to do the commands and expecting the dogs to know what they should be doing how do i get through to him He gets along well with the three puppies, but they are very big now and they listen to me better than him. This upsets him and he blames it on me and not on the dogs. He doesn't seem to grasp that maintaining the consistent approach will obviously help. He uses different terms and he doesn't follow through with accountability. He gives up very easily or get rough with the big ones. Almost like muscle will make them listen. I also raise kids pretty much the same by myself, and he works a lot of hours and gets annoyed at them too. Um, I, I just something, it's just knowing something. Okay, so this is unfortunate. Sorry that you're dealing with this, Jessica Fitness. Um, It's tough. I mean, if you guys watch my YouTube videos, or I mean, you guys obviously listen to my podcast. um, I would say, I would say that. it's important for it's important for dog owners to understand that when you're dealing and working with dogs, obviously consistency is huge. Consistency is like the biggest thing. And you really have to make sure that when you're when you're working with dogs, just like with parents I mean in this even in this context of what we're talking about it's obviously not working right it's like oh my dogs listen to me my kids listen to me my husband does everything different and they don't listen to them it's i I, I think you need I, I don't think you need to Really understand why that's a thing. I think you understand why that's a thing. However, um, what I would recommend is just understanding that when you are training and you are working with the dogs, sometimes it's better to just tell your husband not to work with them, not to train them. No training is better than bad training. I would highly recommend just saying like, "Hey, you know what? The dogs aren't listening." I mean, you've already said these things. So, my recommendation, especially for me working with clients that are like this it's happened it's kind of rare for me because people kind of have an expectation of how our courses are going to go especially working with me but we do have my staff that deal with this more often because they have to I don't know it's it's a weird thing but they have to kind of do this counseling thing too and and it's just you want to be clear with your husband and say hey look the dogs aren't listening to you because you're not following the game plan. It'd be the same thing as hiring a personal trainer to get into better shape and they're not doing anything. Of course, you're not gonna see results. So the best thing to do for your dog's sake is to just try to do the best you can to say, hey, look, I'm going to be training the dogs and you don't have to, and kind of taking that ability and that power away from him, because I think it's just going to make things worse. It's probably going to make things worse with your marriage too, because it's just going to continue to get frustrating. So I would spend as much time as you can with the dogs yourself and train them the way that you should. And, and honestly, just tell him to like, Hey, just give it up because you're making things worse. That's my advice. um, Because it sounds like, you know, everything that needs to happen and you know, it's bad. And you're looking for advice to like help and I'm sorry that you're in that situation because it sucks. But sometimes it's easier to just say, hey, you know what, let me just do the training. And if you want to bring them for a walk, that's fine. But don't expect them to do stuff. Don't ask them to do something that's going to regress their training in their relationship. So anyway, I hope that that helps. and I wish you guys all a good week. We'll talk to you Wednesday, as always. Sorry, I'm a little late on this podcast. It's um, crazy busy today with the new turf we put in. Yay. So excited um, to, to film some cool stuff out there. Anyway, hope you guys are well. Talk to you Wednesday. Peace.